Coming up tonight on the Ringside Report. Tony Khan open to working with WWE. Road Dog reveals he wants an AEW role. Anthony Bowen reveals he was close to joining NXT. Shotzi deletes her Twitter after criticism following Money in the Bank. We have details on the mysterious vignette that aired during Money in the Bank. Tyson Fury is in talks for WWE return. A new promotion, WES, the Wrestling Entertainment Series, cancels again. Again. Uh, we have an update on the Buff Bagwell Twitter. Let's call it a situation, Carl. We'll update <laughs> you. If you haven't heard about that, we'll update you as well, but we have an update on that too. And we also have an update on the contract status of Colt Cabana in AEW. And Anthony, when's all that coming up? It's all coming up right fucking now. Yes, it is. So let's kick off with the first one, shall we? Quite a meaty one because Tony Khan was recently speaking on the Ringers Masked Men show. Uh, we're following on from Forbidden Door. A question was posed around potentially working with WWE on a huge joint show. And interestingly, Tony Khan made it clear that he would, in fact, be open to that uh, suggestion. Now, he was quoted as saying, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I would be open to talking about that type of thing. It's not crazy, but it's a bold prediction. Now then, so obviously we will have seen in the uh, shows this week that Further Fuel potentially being added to the fire because Bobby Lashley in his promo um, basically stated that, um, you know, he, he talked about there being nobody out there in any other promotion that could take the US title away from him. So a lot of other kind of fans have, yeah, maybe... Uh, taking that on board as well when it comes to this kind of thing so what do you think do you think we may see this come to fruition obviously we have shown that open to working with others in the past and obviously aw we know are open will we ever see i it? think like i think we have to be honest right both companies have took the opportunity to take shots at one another mm -hmm. right but that being said i think the rivalry comes mostly from the fans so oh, it's yeah. definitely not out of the realms of possibility. I mean, look at the relationship. Like, I think it's even documented earlier this week. Like, Adam Cole still has a really good relationship with like the Triple H and um, Shawn Michaels and stuff like that. So it's like, it's not like they're all like, "No, you're dead to me." You know, the the it's not totally out of the realms of possibility. I think for me, I think the difficulty in getting something like this off the ground is, um, you know, both companies want their stars to look good. So it's how do you achieve something where everyone comes out winning? You know, that's the it was sort of the challenge with Forbidden Door, but AEW got the edge because like it was a, a US show and most people knew AEW over New Japan, you know. Mm. Um WWE and AEW would be an absolute minefield when it comes to like, well, we can't have WWE dominating the entire pay per view or whatever they put together. Um so I think the logistics of how you'd have everyone coming out, not not to quote uh, a CM Punk uh, interview term here, but uh, you know, how do you make everyone look strong? Yeah, you know, how, how do you get the win but still make AEW look strong? Um, that's <laughs> going to be the challenge, isn't it? And 
I'd I'd love to I'd love to think that they are discreetly in talks about some sort of collaboration and um there are some some absolute gold matchups there that you could have you know the the aim the main thing here because everyone likes the whole all x wwe even though that's hardly true um there's a lot of people there you know the ones you'd want to see would be the likes of mjf and wardlow and people who haven't been wwe guys at any point uh, yeah. they're the ones you want to see in matchups aren't they because that's that's the whole point is making these dream matchups that we haven't had um, well that's it maybe this is um Maybe this is the ideal segment uh, for a future what if episode. Uh, I mean, maybe yeah, we'll put if, it out. If. Maybe we'll put it out to see what you know what people think. But it's one of them. I think it's something that's been talked about for so long. And I think even on AW this week we had Claudio and Jake Hager referencing WWE by name as well. So a lot of stuff being added to the fire. So imagine if it happens. Maybe this is going to be a real invasion angle that we didn't get from two thousand one. Um, yeah. or maybe it's nothing at all but at the moment all we know Tony Khan's open to anything but RWE that is the question I think I think they are like mm. it's an intro like I'm not saying Vince would have been a stumbling block but you got to wonder like is it even more possible now Vince has taken a step back as well depending on how I mean, much of a step it, back it he's actually be... took it would be the hottest thing in wrestling because even the ones who are AW diehards would want to watch that. And those it's who are... Like it's, this is money for everybody. Well, that's it. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, be, it makes sense for AW because there's some there's so many um, WWE like, diehards that they're like, oh, I'm never going to watch AW. So if they did a joint show, they'd see some of the talent and be like, oh, actually, hmm, fair play. So, yeah, there's a if, lot to be gained for the fans, at least. If through some weird chance, right... Anyone from creative on either side is listening, right? Tony. Let's make Survivor Series a thing again, right? <sighs> Have WWE versus AEW at Survivor Series and actually make it worth being one of the top four. Could you imagine that? An annual Survivor Series, which is WWE versus AEW. Imagine. Be the fucking premiere. Like, WrestleMania would be dead. Because everyone would be it, wanting to. Dead in the full water. <laughs> one Survivor Series every year. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying... Let's do this. It's already the pay per view itself is designed for this shit. Let's stop having Raw versus SmackDown because it really doesn't matter anymore. And let's have AEW rock up. They'll bring back uh, bragging, bragging rights. Remember that? Fucking okay. shit. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. So, Carl, while we're talking about AEW and WWE and all that kind of stuff, did you know? The Road Dog, Jesse. Don't James. steal my segment. Just because you've got oh you didn't know in there for Road Dog. Come Don't on, be like, did you know? Come on. Uh, anyway, you know the guy who pointed at your dick that time. There's so many yeah. you're gonna have to. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> the wrestler. Oh, again. <laughs> Help me out a bit. So um, obviously we all know that uh, Brian James, as he's uh, legally known. Was been uh, he actually had a behind the scenes role in NXT and was released. I want to say earlier this year. I want to say because it's written down. That's why I want to say it. Probably. Uh, so obviously he's still under a WWE Legends contract of some sort. I don't quite know how those contracts work. It doesn't stop him from appearing in places, but um, he still has ties to WWE. But he has actually stressed, and I mentioned the ties to WWE because the first thing he was stressing was that he, he wants to keep a good relationship with WWE. Um, but he'd actually 
he's actually uh, mentioned on Insights with Chris Van Vliet that uh, he'd love to work with AEW. He'd love to work with the promo guys backstage and um, essentially fill a similar role that he had in NXT, working with the talent, uh, but for AEW. Mm. What do you make of that, Carl? Um, I mean, he's always been somebody who is known as a guy with really good mic skills. So I guess he would add quite a bit to the AW locker room in that regard. But it's one of those. I don't really recall Road Dog as like a promo guy. I recall him obviously as similar to like the acclaimed. He was more of an entrance guy, wasn't he? He was like someone whose entrance you'd look forward to because you could sing along to it. You'd know the words. You could do kind of everything that kind of went with it. So from a gimmick standpoint, I think he managed to achieve quite well. But yeah, as we know. He's a fantastic hype man. Hmm. Well, exactly. Exactly. I was hyped. You were hyped. <laughs> we all we're got all the hype. Uh, and then, obviously, Billy Gunn would uh, come in with, if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. And that's all he would say, but it's all he needed to say, because... You know, you know what? Now you mention it. I didn't realise how similar that was to... Um, Enzo and Cass definitely took a steer from the New Age Outlaws, didn't they? Oh yeah, there's, def- there's definitely a formula to it. That's only just dawned on me, but like they were definitely given. <laughs> and off to be fair, because everybody knows that I love the acclaimed, but you can definitely see it with them as well, because obviously Caster comes out and does the road dog shtick where he does the rap, and then yeah. essentially and then goes over the bones. Line. Yeah, but they do it better than New Age Outlaws ever did, in my opinion. <gasps> so blasphemy. Just saying, just saying, just saying. Uh, because it's different every week, it's uh, fire every week, and even from a Bowen standpoint, he always like he adds stuff to it, and he's like, "Everybody say ass boys," and he gets the fans in. He's like, "Sister me, daddy ass." It's all new stuff. It's not just the same shtick over and over and over. So, I want to prepare the audience, right? Carlos just setting up the perfect segue here. Let's just embrace this. <laughs> so, speaking of Anthony Bowen, <laughs> hey, nice. Look at that. Look at that. Um, so. Bowen's revealed something uh, quite interesting. So, um, apparently, he was very, very close. This is still PG, though, right? (laughs) Well, I saw it. All I can say is it's big, (laughs) big news. Uh, But, yeah, so he was actually very close to signing with NXT to the point he actually verbally agreed a contract with them. Now, he was quoted. He was on uh, Talk is Jericho, uh, another podcast, obviously, if you've never heard of it. It's uh, who's, Who's the host? Who's the host? Is it Chris Jericho the host though? Um, think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so essentially, he was on Talk of Jericho, and he was quoted as saying, "Do you know what? I'm going to take my chances. I fly down there, came down there, worked on a, an AW Dark in Jacksonville in an empty Davies place against Luther and Serpentico. Uh, two weeks later, because we were taping everything in advance, and about maybe twelve hours after that, the next morning, I got a message on Twitter from WWE, which said." Hey, we want you to talk to Regal. Bowens then said he was offered a deal to go to NXT and still hadn't heard anything back from AEW following the tryout match that he had. So, he didn't really know who to contact or how to follow up with AEW, and so he said, yes. He was like, alright, I did it. This is great. I'm signed with NXT. Somewhere along the line, uh, Tony Khan found out about it and offered uh, Bowens to come down and meet him. So, he decides to go ahead and do it gets into the elevator, and there is none other than Max Caster. And so he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And Caster's like, I'm here to talk to Tony. Well, I'm here to talk to Tony. 
Uh, and essentially, they both found out that they were there to talk to Tony together, and Tony pitched them the idea uh, of the acclaimed. And that was it. They were like, this is the awesome. The rest is geography. <laughs> the rest is mathematics. And yeah, so at the same time, um, he said, I was just, hang on a minute, I've just said uh, yes to NXT. Like, it's a risk because if you don't like me, then, you know, this match is, and they see that, and I'm screwed over there as well. And so Tony Khan's like, don't worry about it. Go out, have this match. They went out, they worked with the best friends, had a great match, came back and got the thumbs up from Tony. And that was it. He knew he wanted to be there in the first place, and uh, that was it. His focus shifted over to NXT. Now, imagine, God forbid, imagine that Bowens went to NXT and we didn't get the acclaimed. What no would risk. life even be? I, I don't I, even I mean, care. That, that would I'm not saying this in jest. Experience. I'm not saying this in jest. I'm not saying this to be like a little quirky thing. The acclaimed are the best thing in wrestling at the minute. I cannot wait to tune in every week and listen statements. to the acclaimed. I, Such I, strong statements. Genuinely, man. I can't God, wait. It's the highlight of my week. So imagine so if we didn't get the acclaimed. Imagine. So I'm thankful that Tony managed to convince them. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes um, and then scissor me turkey ass that's all I'm going to say <laughs> oh, dude yeah. I feel like like do you just mention the acclaimed on like a daily basis pretty much you know every, I mean everyone loves the acclaimed do you like like every time you like sign off an email do you put like and, and god bless the acclaimed best thing in wrestling that's sometimes but I, I start every email with yo listen yo Listen. So yeah, it does have a fear that people aren't gonna listen. <laughs> That's it. You have to kind of reiterate it, you know, just to make sure. But guess what? Guess what, Max? We don't have to ask people to listen. They just do. Hey, <laughs> kid. Anyway, Carl, I'm interested to know how you feel about this next one. This next one, we're talking about the whole situation with Shotzi. So anyone who may not know, uh, Shotzi was involved in the Money in the Bank, women's Money in the Bank ladder match. It's a ladder match. There are spots. Sometimes spots don't go well. And um, they saw a particular spot at the Money in the Bank ladder match where Alexa Bliss and her both landed rather awkwardly. And this led to a little bit of backlash on social media. With, to be honest, right, Let's go. I'm trying to start, I'm trying to just give the info, but I'll I'll just go straight into my opinion because she, you know, there was a botch there, right? And we know historically Shotzi has thrown shade at um, certain Chris Jericho over botches playfully. I actually found her quite amusing, to be honest with you. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the the things she did on Twitter? I don't remember Jericho. Um, when Jericho landed on the cardboard. Um, she put up a tweet of her like falling backwards onto a soft bed, like which I thought was fucking funny, right? But the reason I mention it is because like I think she could have expected some criticism because she's thrown shade at botches before, right? So you go, yeah. okay, you're gonna get some backlash, but let's let's have the same energy, let's be playful with it, let's have a joke. But no, sadly, the toxic fans came out, and people were doing such things as you know suggesting she should be fired. Which is just fucking stupid, right? Yeah. So this has led to her obviously feeling the need to defend herself. So she, she put a response to those sort of fans on Twitter saying that she's not a wrestle robot, you know. 
And she said the three things she cares about coming out of a match is, is everyone safe? Did everyone have fun? And did the crowd react? She confirmed that nobody got hurt, but um, she also says that she had to have a few friends wipe the tears for, off my face, is how she put it. Um, and that was in the aftermath until reminding herself who she was. So you go, okay, she's she's took a fair bit of shit, but she's taken it on the, you know, you know, taking it on the chin and, you know, moving past it. And sadly, a day later, she has deleted her Twitter account. Um, I say sadly, you know, whatever's best for someone, in all fairness, if she can't be dealing with this shit, then delete your Twitter account. Yeah, definitely. It's just shit that she felt the need to and shit that people are coming at her with that kind of energy of, like, she should be fired and so on. It's like, yeah, again, I was expecting a level of banter because she's had that sort of banter in the past, you know? But um, don't be a dick about it. Yeah, um... Exactly, it's uh, it's tough, isn't it? Because, and I'm I'm not trying to shit on Shotty, by the way, but she she does botch a bit. She does, and it's it's a well known fact. And that doesn't mean absolutely, you know, oh she needs to be fired or anything like that. Which a lot of the takes have been ridiculous, but you know, she she does have a lot of botches, which is it's just part of a game and something that yeah, you know, an ideal world that she would she would work on. But as she said, she's not a robot. These things happen in wrestling, and everybody's had a botch in wrestling, so it's not the, the end of the world, do you know what I mean? But, as she said, ultimately, everyone came out of it safe, everyone came out of it, you know, happy, and the match, all in all, went really well, which we'll get on to when we talk about in the bank, but think, it's one of those. It's mad, it's mad that she's got enough grief to delete her Twitter when it's not really the thing that you don't, like, think about the woman's money in the bank ladder match and go... Oh yeah, do you remember the botch? You know, it's not gone down as like so shocking that that's what people are talking about. More people no. talk about the fact that I that suppose the problem is though is that the, there will be a little cohort of people on Twitter who will have just come at her relentlessly and ta- attacked her for it and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. At the end of the day, Twitter can be a very toxic place, and I think we spoke about this before. Um, it's one of those, as you said, if it's if it's best for her, best for her mental health state at, at the moment, not to feel you know obliged to read these things that people are saying about it then delete them yeah like who gives a fuck it's social media at the end of the day you don't have to have it like um so one of them at the end of the day as long as she's not taking it too much to heart and you know doesn't let it negatively impact her yeah like she does botch a bit and you know other people do as well so it's one of those things where at the end of the day she's she's attempting these high-risk maneuvers and it's it's a big part of the game now, you've seen the likes of Jeff Hardy and people like that who are known for high-risk manoeuvres. We botch all the time. So, it's just one of them. It, it kind of you, you, You've got to take that if, if that's the aspect of your game that you're going to go after. So, obviously, hope that she's not taking it too much to heart and, you know, can bounce back from it and not, you know, not take people's words at face value because at the end of the day, it's people on Twitter who have all got fake little avatars anyway who wouldn't say it to her face. So, who cares? Yep. Indeed. You know I mean, um, uh, yeah. So, oh, bit of a shit one. There you go. Indeed. So the next one to talk about Anthony. Now the eagle-eyed amongst us may have noticed in Money in the Bank and subsequently on Raw um, since that we've had a little vignette, uh, a mysterious vignette, if you will, um, and it has caused somewhat of a stir along the wrestling community. Right. So the clip ultimately featured a male star. Um, there was a creepy kind of backdrop, creepy music, uh, but there were several Easter eggs that people uh, kind of uh, noticed and pointed out. So we had That's a pair funny. of... 
<laughs> could be. Um, <laughs> could just be the gobbledygooker after all this time. But um, yeah, so we saw some Easter eggs within the videos. We saw a pair of wrestling boots, a gold medal. We saw some glasses. Um, and we even saw a license plate which read Latino Heat. Now, obviously, this caused loads of speculation around who it could be for. Um, a lot of people thought maybe Gable Stevenson because of the Olympic medal. Um, could have been potentially the fiend due to the kind of creepy nature of the whole thing. But I think the eagle-eyed amongst us um, probably were aware, and has since been confirmed by um, Fightful, that it seems to be a vignette for Edge. Now, obviously, it was alluding to the fact that he'd had feuds with the Hardys, with the Dudleys, with Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero. All the random attitude of stuff, that kind of makes sense. Exactly. So it was a lot of stuff which kind of came from Edge's kind of biggest moments, if you will. Uh, But, yeah, Fightful ultimately said that um, it's it's Edge, essentially. So, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's him. Not the the longest article they've put out. No, yeah. (laughs) It's Edge, the end. Um, <laughs> but obviously, it also um, has led to a bit of speculation as well that we're now going to see a different gimmick change again for Edge uh, with the potential that we might see a return to his Brood character. Now, obviously, we've seen the Brood element of Edge teased a little bit since he's come back, obviously with the, the whole blood thing falling from the sky well, and the flames blood, though, because and they can't show blood on TV. Well, exactly, the black blood. Um, but... Yeah, could this be the final return uh, to that brute character? And is it the right choice, ultimately? Because no. I'm not sure that it is. And I get that he's now in somewhat of a feud with Judgment Day, but if one of the reasons that supposedly he was removed from that feud is because he didn't want to do anything supernatural for him then to go to a vampire gimmick, doesn't Think make a lot of sense. That. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Intriguing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not. I'm not overly sold on it. If it is Edge, I'm not overly sold on it being the Brood gimmick. I really hope that's not true. Yeah, I think just the fact that obviously it was all his older stuff and like alluding to his other feuds that he's had. I think ultimately, I don't think anyone can argue that he was at his peak when he was the rated R superstar, wasn't he? So that's what he came back as. That's what everyone like went nuts for. So he's going back to being a face again by the looks of it. So. Just, I mean, well, not that Rated R Superstar was a face, but, um, you know, let's let's maybe go back to something along them lines that, yeah, is um, a little bit away from the occult because we've seemingly got that a little bit with Judgment Day. And if he's now left that faction to do his own faction, it's just going to be like vampires versus, you know, what, what was Twilight? <laughs> was it werewolves? Is it just Twilight? Is it's, it might be Twilight. Did, yeah. did Vince watch Twilight? This is what's happened, isn't it? He probably He's going to come back as a were- well, I'm a werewolf, number 95. That's what it's going to be. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, the, they're the lyrics, right? Um, uh, so, who knows? Yeah, it's crazy stuff, man. Now, I, I do sincerely hope it's... Um, I, I'm made up with its edge, but uh, I hope it's not the brood thing. I don't think it'll play well in the, today. Like, when you can't even reference blood, blood properly on WWE, it just doesn't work. No. <sighs> Uh, Anthony's tired just thinking about that gimmick come back. Yeah, no, right? It's just that's to bring in some extra air. That's how exciting that was. <laughs> um, so the next one, Carl, Tyson Fury. Oh yeah. Now I have my own perspective on what they might want to do with this, and I, I'm going to talk to you about that shortly. But Tyson Fury has alluded to the fact that he may be entering the WWE ring once again. Um, so apparently. So the this was given out by uh, Give Me Sport, 
who uh, apparently had sources close to the boxing legend, and they claim he's been in talks with WWE about making a comeback. Now, there isn't a lot of solid information on this. Nothing's been finalised. Um, nothing's been set in stone. They don't know when he might be appearing or what role he would be in. Um, and, you know, we've seen him concentrating more on his boxing career in recent months. And he's, you know, he's me- mentioned a few things about being happy to do exhibition boxing matches. Uh, he has mentioned about, like, wanting to go up against people like uh, the, like The Rock, if that were a possibility. <laughs> so he's definitely interested in, in some uh, aspect of WWE. And um, he's also mentioned, or slightly alluded to, um, WWE's Cardiff events, and he's actually said he'd love to be at Cardiff. And people are obviously saying, well, is that where we're going to see Tyson Fury appear in WWE again? Is it going to be at the Cardiff events? Are we going to get that? Now, here's my theory. You know, we have Jake Paul going up against Tommy Fury in Vegas. <laughs> apparently well, some not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Now, it, it still might happen. <clears throat> it won't happen. Tommy, Tommy can't like you know. He's go pulled out. Well, he's pulled out, out, hasn't he? He's pulled out. Yeah, yeah. Why he's pulled out? Wait, well, appar- <laughs> apparently he's not allowed in the country, is he? So he says. No, no. Tommy is. Like he's like. Oh, you know, I have to have my dad at ringside. I can't, I can't, I not have my dad at ringside. It's like, your dad's not been well, around. He, re- he reckons, like he reckons, he reckons he was denied an Esther. He, he was at Gatwick and he was ready to go to the press conference and someone pulled him aside and was like, your rest, your rest has been declined and so he's not allowed to travel. So who knows, but I'm apparently, yes on that. apparently, um, I'm never on Jake face? Paul's side, but Jake I'm kind Paul- of on Jake Paul's <laughs> side on this one. This well, feels think, like a cop out. I think Jake but, Paul's announced a replacement now, hasn't he? But anyway. But there's been a bit of an ongoing feud between Pauls and Furies, right? I wouldn't be surprised if WWE capitalised on this, maybe even for some sort of Saudi event. Now that they signed Logan, that they would get Logan and Tyson. At some I mean, sort to of be fair, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? It makes massive sense to do It'd that. It'd be money. You know, Logan's got like, what, 12 million followers? Maybe more than that now, you know, on, on his YouTubes and what have you. So the they're both famous in their own right. He's famous in the, the internet celebrity world, and Tyson's obviously a world famous boxer. So it's money, it's money, and you know Saudi just makes sense. They probably want that kind of thing. So my theory is that we're probably going to get Logan versus Tyson. To I reckon. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. I think um, they're very big on the celebrity signings at the minute. Obviously, they've just signed Logan Paul, and they've re-signed. Pat McAfee to a long, like a multi-year deal as well. And now, obviously, Tyson potentially going to be in there too. So, yeah, they seem very big on celebrity signings. And I think you're right. I think it makes sense to do some kind of Paul versus I think Fury. Important. I think the, the Pat McAfee one is an interesting one because I think that really shows you that um, Vince doesn't just sign. Like It doesn't matter the gender. If you're willing to dance on a table, Vince is going to sign you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I think that's important to know. It's too many jokes that I can't possibly <laughs> say on it. I'm, so, I'm trying to go you into a car, but you just we'll leave it there. We'll leave whatever. it there. But yeah, I can definitely see him showing up at um, Clash at the Castle. I can definitely see him signing some kind of agreements for like a year or two with WWE. And you know, based on name alone, I think he'll um, yeah, he'll probably do all right. To be fair, so interesting to see if that comes to fruition. Uh, the next one to talk about, Anthony, is. Um, 
It's a bit of a concerning one, really. So, um, the former... I can't, remember, I can't even remember what they were called. The the tag team that were in NXT for a bit until they got injured. It's like... Um, God, do you remember what they were called? Authors of Pain, I think they were called. So, yes. essentially, they have started their own wrestling promotion called Wrestling Entertainment Series. Now, they were originally planned to put on a show um, in the at the start of June, uh, but ultimately they decided to postpone it until kind of mid-July um, due to unforeseen circumstances. Now, they've since come out and cancelled that show that was scheduled for July for next week. And the statement read, Dear fans and followers, unfortunately we'll have to cancel the event scheduled for this Saturday at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, England. We're deeply disappointed in the news that we have to share, but with so many talent not showing up, we will have no choice than to cancel the event. Our team works so hard on this event day in, day out for the fans to come with a different type of wrestling event and believe that we still will be able to show that in the near future. We do want to say that all our talent that was scheduled to have been paid in full and that Lena Fanine, who the former Nia Jax, was paid her deposit as well while she changed her mind and did not want to show up and wrestle anymore. For now, we will have to apologise for this, but we promise that this is not the end. We'll see you soon. Now, interesting that, obviously, they singled out the former Nia Jax there in that statement. Um, she tweeted out earlier this week that she didn't know why she was still on the poster and that she's not going to be at the show. And since this statement, all the talent who was scheduled at one point or another to be on the card have come out and also uh, kind of tweeted, um, almost kind of lambasting the organisation, saying that you know it's laughable to blame the talent and ultimately it's come down to poor organisation from the pair of them and the promotion. So, shame really, because you always like to back um, and support new companies that are starting up, especially ones who, you know, the original card that they had set up, it was going to be Alistair Overeem against Adam Shear, for example, in the main event. Now, that was exciting. They had Moose, they had Nia Jax, they had um, Kalisto, they had Lana, they had loads of different talents, uh, Chelsea Green and the like, all going to show mm. up. And... Um, yeah, ultimately they've not been able to put on the show. Now, yeah, I think it was also revealed, though, that, um, I don't know how true this is, but somebody revealed that for the 10,000 uh, capacity that they had booked, they'd only managed to sell 350 tickets. Oh, so, that's savage. I know there was mention of, like, low-ticket sales, but that is bad. So that wow. if that is true, then that's not obviously ideal. But it sounds like, you know, from a talent perspective, that... I think a couple of people said that they hadn't heard anything since they were booked and things like that. So seems like potentially just some teething issues with them starting up a new company, not knowing how to kind of get the thing to take place and what the right protocols are and stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, they can bounce back because at the end of the day, the more companies we have, the more opportunities for wrestlers that are available, the better it is for wrestling overall, isn't it? So I'd like to, to not shit on them. Um, fair play for trying something, obviously in the UK as well. And hopefully they do finally put on their, their show. Um, with whatever talent that they have, uh, you know, available when they do. Indeed. So, Carl, I've got a wild one for you next. You ready for this one? Give me the wildy. Give me the wildy. So, we've noted, I think, previously, Buff Bagwell is um, he's been following the DDP rehabilitation. He's been um, reflecting on himself and his life, and uh, it's been prominent on Twitter. You know, with this new perspective um you know being rather supportive and outspoken of the lgbt community sort of educating himself on on those sort of uh sort of issues and things coming up from that 
and um, people have been sort of really getting behind, you know, the the uh, the new buff Bagwell. You know. However, very recently, Carl, it's been revealed that um, he wasn't the one in control of his social medias. Ooh. He'd hired a chap, a chap named Michael, by all accounts, to run his social media accounts for him. And the reason we now know about this is that um, he tweeted very recently saying, I have informed Michael that our business relationship is over and that he needs to get people what they are owed. I will continue on him to do so. For now, the only merch available is through my PWT store, MarcusBuffBagwell.com, or in person at conventions. So everyone's like, what? So it turns out there seems to have been a bit of a falling out between these two because uh, this Michael chap also tweeted out using the Buff Bagwell account by all accounts on his Facebook saying that um, I appreciate everyone's support of Buff these last few months. I was running Buff's Twitter and other social media since last year. We've gone our separate ways due to a variety of reasons. I will not say anything bad about Mark and have no problem being the fall guy for whatever issues there are with merchandise. Enjoy getting to know you all. Though I was posting for Buff, it was my beliefs and opinions being tweeted. So now people are like, he hadn't changed at all. It's the same Buff, etc. Um, but it also then came out that uh, the, the chap who was running the social medias, and I don't know how true this is, because this has come from things I've seen on Twitter, but um, he, he may be a convicted sex offender as well. Heck. So... <laughs> Like, what? What the fuck's going on here? So, the plot um, thickens. <laughs> I know, right? So we don't know what the, the deal is on that. Someone's posted some images that suggest he, he has, again, he's a convicted sex offender. Um, and a lot of people are just very disappointed that Buff wasn't running his own social media. Now, there has been some mention that, uh, like, this guy saying it was my beliefs and opinions and, um, you know, Buff is suggesting that he didn't control all of the social media, but he still still tweeted and he still put his thoughts out there um, and is still trying to stick behind, the, I suppose, the, the good sort of PR he got from it all. Um, one of the things that was noted was um, is obviously his fallout with Adam Sher. And mm. it was like, well, so who fell out with Adam Sher? Was it Michael or was it Buff? Um, so certain things, it's like, no, like I am in control of my social media. I can put what I want, but... You know, basically, it's the other lad who was keeping an eye on it and so on like that. So we'll never know how much of that was actually buff. Or we may do in the next few months if he starts running his own social media and he turns into a whole different person. Who knows? Um, but we've seen a lot of people, like, kind of just massively disappointed that, like, they almost feel betrayed that it wasn't him running the social media. But, I mean, a lot of people do this. Like, I don't know. I don't be wrong, there was nothing there to suggest it was being run by somebody else, but like it's not surprising to find out a celebrity doesn't run their own social media accounts. So I don't know. Um yeah. some people even snarkily put like, so you're telling me that Buff Bagwell account that tweeted like an opinionated wrestling fan in his late twenties wasn't run by Buff Bagwell? I was like, Okay, yeah. I like the sarcasm. <laughs> nice. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's... I don't know what you make of this, but it seems like there's a lot of shit going on there in the last few days. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I don't understand why celebrities or people like that can't run their own social media. Like, I understand they might want to have their thoughts vetted by their PR team on things like that to make sure they're not yeah. saying yeah. things that are too offensive or anything like that. I get that. But 
to have someone else completely just end up like be the one who replies to other people and tweets things and it's sharing their views and not like how can you how can someone come out and say the views that were shared were mine not the person's who account like what doesn't make any sense does it like at the end of the day See, so i always kind of assume like because i get it if you're like a celebrity and you're getting inundated with messages and stuff i understand having somebody like managing your social media in the sense of like looking at messages looking at requests and stuff and sort of either putting the responses because they know what they are so like uh, you're saying like like when a, a beloved uk based podcast messages you and you get an automatic response back saying no thanks right now you go well okay like that's like an automatic response that that you know but you like to think that the actual tweets and things they're putting out are still the celebrity don't you like I understand that they may not read all the messages they get, and that you know that sort of stuff might be managed. But you like again, like you say, the opinions and the tweets and stuff going out. You like to think that is still that celebrity. It's it's kind of if that, and you don't know who's telling the truth, like because that he's been fired and he's saying like it was all me, all the love you had was for me. You know that could just be a lie. But you go well, like yeah, it's kind of a fucked situation. It's like I mean, both bagwells there, like just say whatever. Just, go with your just throwing oh. it out there. Was there ever a Michael? Or was it easiest just to uh, deflect the stuff yeah, onto a uh, Michael the sex offender? He was. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he could have picked a um, terrible alias that just so happened that that was going to be the case. But yeah, I don't know. It might have been his wrestling gimmick. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think um, yeah, I, you can kind of understand, can't you, why people are. A bit annoyed because they might think, "Oh my God, Buff Bagwell just replied to me," and it's like, "Well, it wasn't. It was just some random guy who's looking at his Twitter account." So, yeah, you kind of understand it, but yeah, essentially, yeah. it's it sounds like there's been a lot of stuff going on there with like failed failed merch and failed orders and like. I mean, that seems stuff, to have been so. the, the starting point for it. It's like Buff obviously hasn't said anything about the social media presence. He's straight away talking about people not getting what they've ordered and stuff. So there's obviously something gone tits up on the merch side. And that's yeah. been the bigger issue for him initially, but I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how his social media presence is going forward. Well, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately as well with Buff, like whatever's going on with him, I just I hope he's all right. You know what I mean? He's he's obviously stayed with Dallas for a bit, and you know what a godsend Dallas is. So hopefully he's been able to get him straight and get him back on track. So, I mean, rumor has it though, when it comes to the missing merchandise, apparently Buff has got the stuff. <laughs> Oh, see, this, this this is why he's here, isn't it? Right, right. Just out of nowhere, just literally, just brings the lols. Just, just, just from shit nothing. Shit, jokes all day, all day. Um, so I suppose, I mean, how do you how do you follow that, Anthony? I suppose with with the, the last one we're going to talk about, and again another one which is a little bit of a um, contentious situation, possibly. But um, mm. so. Yeah. Reportedly, Colt Cabana was set to be released by AEW um, until a number of wrestlers actually ended up speaking up for him. Now, uh, that was the original plan. Fightful Select have chimed in on this, saying that Cabana is still technically signed to AEW, um, and the talents were told that this wasn't always going to be the case. Now, as far back as March, there were some rumblings from AEW talent of... Uh, kind of how there was a bit of an internal uproar over the idea that AW was not planning on renewing Cabana's contract. Now, a number of them talent reportedly caught wind of his contract not being renewed uh, and ultimately voiced their displeasure uh, to Tony Khan 
and ultimately went to bat for Cabana that he should still remain with the company um, and it's reported he's very popular backstage as well. Now, it's also since been noted that Cabana's pretty much never at AWTV tapings, if at all, and he's not been booked to compete in some time. And a lot of assumptions have alluded to the fact that this kind of coincides with the fact that this has been the case since CM Punk was signed. And obviously it's very well documented, the relationship, um, or the very strained relationship that CM Punk and, and Cole Cabana you know, have, obviously, former best friends now to no longer on speaking terms. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. There, there were some uh, m- uh, kind of murmurs and rumblings as well that Cabana was potentially going to be earmarked for the Ring of Honor roster at we one point. I think he obviously... I think he did compete as well on one of the, I think, the Supercard of Yeah, Honor. he was on Supercard. I think that was probably the last time I saw him, to be honest, Supercard of Honor. Yeah, so he was on there, but I don't think he's really been seen since. So it's interesting the fact that he's still technically signed to AEW, but there's no guarantees over his future. Obviously, the, the kind of rumblings that he might go to Ring of Honor, but at the same time, we've not really yeah. seen much since. So Maybe I'll go back to Ring of Honor. <laughs> it's all come full circle. But, but um, I like to think that the, both him and Punk are professional enough to not let their dislike of each other get in the way, though. Hmm, I don't know. It'd be, be shit to think that, like, for, for what everyone thinks of Punk, it'd be shit to think that he'd be the type of guy to throw his weight around and, like, be the influence for Cole Cabana not getting renewed. I don't you know? think he'd be the kind of guy to push him out of a job, but I definitely think he's the kind of guy to hold a grudge and just not even bury the hatchet, even for, like, business terms. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't think he'd be like, hey, Carl Cabana, how you doing? No. <laughs> I'm going to keep referencing the pipe bomb. I'm going to keep I'm not, going. <laughs> I'm not breaking the fourth wall. I'm going to break your face, though. Um, uh, might be the kind of thing he does. But, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think um, also, interestingly, AW on Dynamite last night made it very clear that the Dark Order is forever and they're not going anywhere, despite, obviously, them sacking members. You know, like, members left, right, and centre. Yeah. So. I- I, like wasn't Alan Angels one of the like founding members as well? Yeah, and obviously he's gone. Who's who's the one? That, is it is it Alex Reynolds has gone? Someone else has gone. Uh, I think it was Alex and then, Reynolds. And then obviously we've got Cole Cabana as well, who's uh, you know teetering on the edge. So yeah, no idea. Be four negative one soon, isn't it? I know, just him. But yeah, so interesting. And uh, that was the news this week. So lots of topics covered. Um, and yeah, speaking of things that we covered, um, have we told you that we spoke to Griff Garrison again this week? If we haven't, then we did. And you should go and check it out after you've listened to this. And here is the lovely Griff Garrison to say goodbye. This is Griff Garrison, and you're listening to A to the K. 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 A to the K.